0: There was a time and place that this university was feared. My goal as the head football coach at the University of Tennessee is to get us back to that point. All right. Look who is. That's what she said.
1: What's up, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Ball Twenty Four Seven Podcast, Wes Rucker. Patrick Brown, Ryan Callahan, coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. We are recording this on a Thursday afternoon. I believe it will be coming live and direct to you on a Friday morning. So by the time that y'all have listened to this, I will have seen Black Panther. And so I will be a happy guy going to opening night. Looking forward to that. So if you're looking for my review of that film... Even though I've already seen it, you might say, Wes, you tweeted about this last night. Why didn't you mention it on the podcast? Because we're recording this on a Thursday afternoon. What's up, fellas? It's
0: getting great reviews. I got to see it soon, too.
1: I'm I'm pretty happy. I'm a Marvel
2: movie dork.
1: So
0: I'm pretty happy about this.
1: Patrick, you going to go see it?
2: I don't know. Maybe. I don't see a lot of movies. You don't even have kids yet. No excuse. I mean, I'm supposed to go see a lot of movies that I don't have kids.
1: I don't know. The others always say that when the kids are there, you, you don't have a life anymore. So you got to do all the
2: things you can do
1: before you can have they're a life born.
2: A, you can have a life without going to see movies. Well, you, you have you a, got four, a point.
1: You have a four-legged kid, uh, like we do. But yours,
2: she, I, you don't think
1: yours is? Um,
2: I'm not. I don't. Urinating
1: wanna, all over the house, if you can hear
2: me. Well, see. The difference is that mine is a dog, and dogs are nice. or cats are evil. Yeah, we evil have, beings. Yeah, but
1: we have a cat who's just a really really. Bad creature
2: I'm not I'm not gonna be that guy That's like Raising a You know Having a dog Is the same as having a kid So
0: it's not By by the way If you are The type of person Who goes to more than One movie a month I've recently purchased A movie pass Have you heard of this thing? Yes Mm. And it's actually phenomenal It is It's an app right? No, it's a it's well it's it's like you, a monthly thing and yeah, you get it's to go an, to as many movies app. as you want. Right? It's basically Netflix for going to movies. And but I heard about that. Yeah, you get it for one person. You'd have to buy two of them if you wanted two tickets for uh, all the time. It's pretty you, cheap per month, right? It's nine ninety nine. And for one car, like one movie ticket and you've it's paid for itself. But if you go to more than one movie a month, it's a bargain and you can go to one movie every single day if you want, and it's good for what? basically every theater in Knoxville. So there's your free plug, movie pass. Send send me some money, but it really is a great what?
1: Do thing. you get a promo code? Uh, do, do you get paid if there's a promo code involved or something? No. Is that why you're doing this? No, is this like a refer a friend and you get? I get should, off? I
0: should, but no, I'm just telling people about it because it's cool. I, I I was mad when I found out about it. I was like, how did I not know about this before? Because I go to at least a movie ha- a month. So. However,
2: we should point out if you if you only have a spare nine ninety nine a month, yeah, what you should be spending it on is Go Balls twenty four seven. Clearly,
0: yeah, clearly I mean,
2: not Movie Pass. Priorities here, folks. But
1: if you if you pay for two things per month. <laughs> two things only two
2: extra things
1: well no no i think i think i think you could <laughs> argue food? that
2: Govols 24
1: 7 is more important than the utility bill yeah or you could make that Im- i mean you know
0: you got to pay the utility bill to get to go 24 7 yeah I guess. you know it's like
1: right. let's put it this way if you miss a utility payment like one time that might be like oh we're gonna put some interest on this and then the next month they get upset if you miss one payment with us you- you're gone not forever, but until you pay us again. So we're, be, we're, listen, we're we're pretty strict on that. You pay us or we don't go break your knees, but we will cut off your internet.
2: All and, of it. And even if you pay us, sometimes we still might make you go away anyway, if you if you act a fool on our message board.
1: Yeah, we don't we, we don't we don't mess around with that. We won't just people don't know this, but once you sign up for Govals247.com, if you actually decide to cancel it, we kill your entire internet. Just like that. I mean, you it's you'd have to bring in one of those um Best Buy Tech Squad people to fix your internet because because we will destroy it.
0: Now you know why Wes has all those Twitter followers. You come P- once. Pure physical threats.
1: That's all it is. That's all it is. Speaking of, uh, is can I can I segue from pure physical threats to Tennessee football signing class? I yeah. don't think I can do that. I say uh, here, here's the segue, Patrick. Patrick's the 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 segue guy. If Tennessee consistently signs classes ranked twentieth in the country, there will be physical violence in Knoxville. But <laughs> but. This is the first recruiting class, first signing class with Jeremy Pruitt and his staff. It has, as of now, it is ranked, I believe, 20th nationally, eighth in the Southeastern Conference. Not normally what would be considered a good recruiting class for Tennessee, but, and I'll start with Ryan because he knows more about this than the rest of us combined.
2: Let me me interrupt you for a second. Oh, no, please. To uh, praise you on that, that segue. Very well done.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not editing out the part where we were discussing whether it could be a segue because we're organic, so it's just gonna. People are gonna see how the magic how the magic is made here. Yeah.
2: The the days of scripted press conferences and answers to questions for Tennessee football coaches is over. Yes, thank God. The days of we we've never had a scripted podcast.
0: Yes. And no scripted lines like like play by play announcers sometimes will do, like the guy during the Olympics the other night who dropped white is the new gold when Sean White. Won the gold medal in the yeah the, the snowboard half. That player. was,
1: you know, it, it's like if you go back, it goes back to the days of uh, Swain Rucker when Swain, you know, former football player likes to have everything scripted like a football practice. You do this for 10 minutes and that for 10 minutes. And he's sitting there like really early, really professional, ready to go. I'm just like rolling in like a bat out of hell as soon as the credits are playing. Like, hey, guys, welcome to the show. Uh, we're going to find some people to talk to sometime in the next couple hours. Hey, Swain, have you gotten any, any, any guests lined up yet or no? Okay, well, I'll start texting some people during the commercials. Don't worry, we'll figure this out. It's organic. But speaking of uh, speaking of that, Ryan, 20th nationally, 8th in the SEC. In a normal year, not so good. All things considered, this year, maybe not the home run that a lot of people thought it could be or, or at least the double or triple everybody thought it could be, but they're on base.
0: Yeah, it's a decent first class. And, honest, and if you were, I mean... Everyone who kind of wanted to know when Jeremy Pruitt was first hired, okay, what what can we expect now? What's what's Tennessee realistically going to do with this class? I, I thought at the time that a top-20 finish would be pretty solid, and that's that's what I thought was kind of, frankly, almost the ceiling for what they could do. I didn't think top-15 was very realistic or likely at that time. At one point, it looked like a top-15 finish was very much within reach. Uh, if Tennessee had gotten Quay Walker on signing day, they, they would have had at least an outside shot at climbing a little bit higher Uh, closer to the top 15, but it still would have taken some work. Um, Obviously, everyone's going to be a little bit disappointed by the way they finished on signing day. That's what people are going to remember about this class. That's why Jeremy Pruitt, to his credit, instead of throwing out something about five-star hearts or whatever on signing day, said, hey, I know you guys were probably sitting there today, a lot of you, wondering, what if? Well, don't do that anymore. You're not going to have to in the future. We're going to be at the top of those rankings. Now, I don't think he was promising number one classes, so... He did say right at the top. But he though. did say right at the top, and that I mean that certainly is what he's. If we
1: are to take him literally.
0: Yes, I know that is what he's accustomed to: is highly ranked recruiting classes yes. at Florida State, Georgia, and Alabama. So, I mean, I, I think he's going to find that it's probably a little bit tougher sledding at Tennessee than it was at each of those three stops. But I think it's very realistic to assume Tennessee can have a top ten class this time next year in the 2019 class, and um, this first class for multiple reasons, not the least of which was the early signing period, which Tennessee, of course in typical Tennessee fashion got to be the guinea pigs uh, of that system and yeah. uh fell into a situation where Pruitt and his staff had less than 2 weeks to try to throw together the majority of a signing class uh before that early signing period so they they had some legitimate reasons that this team that this class sort of had a glass ceiling almost on what they really could accomplish realistically and uh and to their credit to finish in the top 20 not bad they didn't fill all their needs perfectly we knew they wouldn't they might not be done with the class they still might have some graduate transfer possibilities out there and, and other things like I'd that I'd almost
1: be surprised if they didn't add to this yeah. class because they're, they're they're at re, they're at a really low number right now with scholarships and that's yeah. I mean some of that's inevitable with the transition but I would imagine that they're going to find somebody or some bodies to come in
0: there yeah there, there's one or two pressing needs I think quarterback is actually pretty high on that list uh, of positions that you really need to address ideally if you can this year so yeah I, I would be surprised if they're done so uh, the fact that you've still got some, some room to play with isn't a bad thing, and and again, you, you would have wanted another big-name guy to throw in there on signing day to, to round things out and make people feel a little bit better about things, but all things considered, I don't think it's a bad class.
2: Yeah, and I think a lot of people got law, lost in all 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 the signing day stuff with all the players that chose other places other than Tennessee. Is uh, Tennessee did really well, I thought, closing in December. I thought they, they had a really strong finish to the early signing period, which they only had to do in... Two weeks, um, and so and they got JJ Peterson in January. I think he's he's a guy that could be a real difference maker potentially right away uh, in his class. when you go back to December, they get Wood Anderson, they get Jordan Allen, Carvin and Banks out of Memphis, um, Jameer Johnson, some junior college uh, help on the offensive line. So uh, and they still got I still think they got some you know some interesting players. In February, I think Emmett Gooden is an interesting, mm-hmm. a very interesting story. I think he well, he committed
0: to Tennessee originally, like what back in like twenty fourteen, almost four years ago. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he was a um, sophomore in high school at the time, committed for less than two months, as some sophomores mm-hmm. do, and then reopened it and committed to Mississippi State. Never signed with state. Went to junior college. So two junior colleges. Two think, junior colleges yeah. to be exact. Yeah, went to one in, in Mississippi for a semester, then went to Kansas, and yeah, ends up He's old. Ends up coming full circle at Tennessee. He. He is the old man of that of that defensive line class, no question, and he's still
1: still not in as many Tennessee signing classes as Gerald Williams. No, who back in the day helped Tennessee to like four top ten recruiting classes yeah. consecutively by being in the signing
0: class. He, he deserves
1: a Hall of, of Fame spot just for that,
0: <laughs> um, and that's why we do enrolled rankings also later in the year, uh, which are a really cool feature, I think. But closing loopholes
1: one at a time, twenty four seven. That's fours. right.
0: <laughs> but but, uh, but then you, I mean, they also get uh, you know Mincy, yeah,
2: who's committed to Arkansas. I mean, he's in, you know an SEC caliber player if Arkansas wanted him
0: uh, Trayvon Flowers is a guy that the staff I think is really high on he was a guy that Clemson wanted so I think Flowers and Mincy in some ways are the I mean obviously J.J. Peterson's the headliner of the class but beyond that beyond those two or beyond him I think Flowers and Mincy those two are the ones the staff's pretty excited about what they can do and, and obviously Gooden.
2: Mincy is kind of reminds me a little bit of Corey Vereen
0: yeah in
2: the, in the way that that, that Chris Rumpf the uh outside linebackers coach described him at one of the recruiting celebrations doesn't doesn't do twitter he's all about ball at school yep. and that seems like Vereen was wired that way does he play guitar uh we don't know about that
0: yeah not not sure he can Just match curious. match that but he is and and he's interesting too because he could still develop into a few different things he's like 255 pounds right now but that's cuz he's playing basketball i was told he played at 270 during football season and he has the frame to be 290 or 300 so how he develops will be interesting but I, Tennessee sees him being Uh, a pretty good player, and and I'd say an early contributor, honestly, on the defensive line.
1: Here's my question. If – okay, I I don't want to just spring this one on you and have you answer it immediately, so think about it for a few minutes while we're talking about other things if you need to because that's how organic this is. It's certified organic USDA fresh. If this were Alabama, Jeremy Pruitt still at Alabama, how many kids are in this Tennessee signing class?
0: Tw- well, 20 signed, 22 players total in So well,
1: of these 22 that we know of right now, how many would Alabama take? That, in in that.
0: 2017 or in 2018? Yeah,
1: just how many? Right If Pruitt per- were still at Alabama, yeah. this, you know, whatever, how many of these guys would he be like, okay, you meet the standard? You don't have to answer it immediately. I just – that's one thing I was thinking about because, I mean, there's a couple that are obvious, but beyond that, that's a – I mean, you're talking about uh, – The problem with Tennessee with this class, and, again, maybe these guys will develop – you know, last year Missouri had a team that didn't have any top 25 recruiting classes in four years or whatever and beat the tar out of four Tennessee recruiting classes that were all ranked 17th or higher nationally. So if you develop these guys, you're okay. But the point I'm making here is when you look at what Georgia and Alabama signed again, you're looking at the gulf in between those two classes that – when you were going to make a coaching change you knew you were going to have to deal with this that's why you don't like to do it but that's why sometimes you have to do it it's like which of these crappy decisions is less crappy that's that's kind of what it comes down to and and that is the difference in the caliber of these classes coming in that's the sobering reality now you can develop players and and maybe some of these guys that, that Butch signed that were high you know high star guys and and were flops maybe they won't flop under this staff we'll see but that's just yeah. I I think that's that's what you're talking about the gulf there.
2: I know that's the reality, but I don't know that that's a fair reality. I mean, for Tennessee at this point, you went 4 and 8 last year. You need to be you need to be worried about the beat Kentucky and Missouri. Yeah, first. you don't need to be worried about Georgia and oh, Alabama. No, no, no. Just but, yet. But, but
1: but I mean, if you're Tennessee, you judge your program kind of historically Sure. And, and you go get uh, you go put Philip Fulmer back in the driver's yeah, seat but for you, the AD. You, 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 you got to go hire a big-time guy that you think is a big-time guy. You, that's that's where you're trying to eventually go. That's where you – because we can sit here and tell Tennessee fans all day long, all day long, hey, guys, just get back to regularly beating, you know, Missouri, Kentucky, Vanderbilt right now. Just put those three in the bank and then make South Carolina almost one you can put in the bank and kind of gradually work your way up the list. We can say that all day long. At the end of the day, you're going to have people stinking like whiskey being in Neyland Stadium saying, why are we not beating Alabama? I mean, you – that's the reality. So I'm yeah, saying that's but, but that's that, where you got to go. I don't think very, it, I very don't
0: quietly, by the way. South Carolina finished right ahead of Tennessee in the recruiting rankings, and Will Muschamp continues to do a pretty solid job there. So that that game's not going to be an easy one for a while. I'm, Butch I'm, Jones' father, show him show him some respect. That's his title.
2: Well, I mean, it's just I I don't think it's I don't think it's fair to ask Pruitt or anybody to come in and, and try to recruit at an elite level. Sure. In two months now, if if next year's class is ranked twentieth, then we can have this conversation. Pa- Patrick, no, you
0: did a good comparison of the first year coaches and the signing classes they all had. Yeah, and I mean and
2: nobody had nobody had over um, nobody got any, nobody even got in the top ten. I think Florida yeah. State was eleventh, and they cleaned up at the end. Even took a couple of Tennessee and commitments. They, they
0: even struggled a little bit until the end. They were, I
2: mean, they, they were way. I think they only had like seven signees back in December. Mm-hmm. No,
1: and don't get me wrong. I'm not. Maybe, maybe I should phrase that better. I'm not saying if you're Tennessee you know, you have to do this right now or it's a failure. No, no. If if Pruitt
2: had killed it and they finished with the top 15 class, there'd still be a golf because Georgia recruited, Georgia's class is absurd, Alabama's classes have all been absurd.
1: That's why I'm putting this in perspective and I'm I'm telling people, listen, this is where things are when he got here. So, and Tennessee fans, I think, will be, they'll be so happy to not hear Butch Jones' voice for a while that Pruitt doesn't have to go out there and put together just the best season ever next season or or he's in trouble. That's, I think people will be reasonable. They put Philip Fulmer in charge of the the athletic department, you know, and basically he's being a football athletic director right now. And then you put, you know, a guy like Pruitt, bring him in. You bring in this high-dollar staff. You know, you expect things to, to, to get going in a better direction. But you will say, hey, I'll give you a free pass for this year. Just play hard. Just play hard. You know, do some exciting things. Sneak in there, maybe win one you're not supposed to win. Just, just, just go in there and, and be fun to watch. Yeah. And and I think people, but but in general, that's where you're trying to
0: get. You want my answer on the Tennessee yes. to Alabama? Very congrats? much so. I, I've got three that I think could have signed. I mean, can I guess who they are? Sure. Uh, well, J.J. Peterson's one. Yeah.
2: Uh, I think Dominic Wood Anderson's another because they wanted him. Yep. Uh, third, I will
0: say uh, I'll go Emerson. Alante uh, Taylor. Emerson's the one I'm counting. If he was Ta- healthy. Taylor, I don't think, was ever a take for Alabama. Carvin was actually very high on Alabama at one point. But would
1: he be an acceptable player for them to take is what I'm Emerson?
0: saying. Emerson? Yeah. I think no, 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 I,
1: no. I'm saying Taylor. Would he have been an acceptable player oh, yeah, for yeah. them to
0: see, take? See, I didn't know what your... There are two levels of Alabama. There's acceptable for them to take, and there's guys they would take. Acceptable okay. for them to take, I think they're probably six or seven in this class. But guys that th- I think they would have taken at some point, probably three or four.
1: So that's... That's if you're trying to say how close, how long would it take for this gap to be closed here? This is what you're fighting right now. Well, and this Th- is this is this, this is this is the reality of the situation. And before
0: but, and before anyone listens to that and says, oh my goodness, why are we signing 17 players or whatever people might assume that couldn't have signed with Alabama? Well, here's the reality Tennessee signed eight guys who were previously committed to Butch Jones's staff, they ended up with 12 additional signees two other players who are still committed. So a class of 22, eight of those were Butch Jones commitments. That means you brought in 14 new players in the class, and some about half of those signed with you in December. The other half signed in February. You had less than two weeks to get those six guys in. They got six players in in less than two weeks for the early signing period. Got six more in February after three-quarters of the players in the country were gone off the board because of the early signing period. So you're you're looking around. You're You're looking for guys who might have been overlooked, who might have flown in the radar for some some reason or another. And they, they, they got some good finds, I think, who fit that criteria. That's how they found Jordan Young, who, unfortunately for them, flipped to Florida State on signing day and would have been you know probably the, the headliner of what Tennessee accomplished down the stretch, aside from J.J. Peterson, if they had held on to him. So you have some nice finds, but that's just kind of the reality of what they were left with. The, the timing made it really tough. I mean, they got in on some guys, but the timing made it tough for them to really have a legitimate shot at landing. More of those players that you're beating out the Alabamas and USC's of the world. So, give them a year. I think things go a little bit differently, maybe. But coming off a four and eight season at Tennessee and having very little time, I think that's that's kind of what you're left with.
2: Yeah, and, and I think Tennessee had more turnover in its class than any of these yeah. other coaches. That's another thing that I, I factored into. Um,
0: Thirty-five D commitments in the last two classes. I well, had twenty-two
2: in this class officially, yeah. and that's something I factored into um, when I looked at it with some of the, the new the, the classes of new coaches. Tennessee by far had more decommitments than were decommitments back in the summer and things like that. But uh, if you took Tennessee's 22 decommitments as a class of their own, this is the one with Cade Mays, Adrian Martinez, Trey Dean, uh, Horn, Dixon, all those guys, it would rank just ahead of Tennessee's class as it is. and it, But it's not, it's, it's a very small yeah. difference. So, um, and that was a class that at one point was ranked, what, top five in the
0: country? I think they were up to number three back in the summer. Yep. So, and when you think about how these rankings can be swayed, just think about what the difference is. If Tennessee somehow gets Cade Mays, and if they don't lose Jordan Young, those two players alone probably put or Tennessee even Jordan in-
2: Young. I mean, Jordan Young would be if I'm the coach, that, that situation would drive me crazy. Yes. Because
0: You had discovered him, basically. Dude,
2: you're going to Coastal Carolina until I found you, and then you're gonna you're gonna jilt me two weeks later. Yeah, come on, man.
1: It's hard for me in general to feel for college football coaches because of you know they'll they'll drop a kid's scholarship offer just because they find somebody else. In I'm not saying I pity
2: the coaches. I'm just saying, like, if I was a coach, I would be. It sucks. I'd be like, come on, dog. It really,
1: really sucks. You the, the thanks you get for keeping a kid from going to Coastal Carolina or West Virginia State, although. We will give another plug to West Virginia State. Go Hornets <laughs> or Jackets or whatever it is you are. We we like they, what you're doing there. You're doing good work,
0: uh, but they don't have a logo in the twenty four seven sports database. That's where they are.
1: I the think Beck they York. just have Georgia Tech's logo from like fifty years ago. And they just never <laughs> updated. I think I think it's and the reason Georgia Tech probably doesn't go for a copyright or whatever violation or trademark is they go it's so old we don't really care anymore. Yeah, we're not even trying to sell that as vintage stuff. We don't even really care. So, but that's that that would be. The thanks that you get for doing that as a kid says, "Hey, I'm gonna go do uh, the whole Florida State thing." Yeah, that's like,
2: like Florida State wouldn't even know who you are if you hadn't if we hadn't found you and you needed us. And
0: they signed what five receivers at Tennessee? there. Tennessee is saying you can st- start maybe as a freshman, but neither here nor there. But what well, the point I was gonna make is you throw in Cade Mays and keep Jordan Young. Tennessee has a top fifteen class. That's the difference between top twenty and top fifteen. So really. I don't think this class is that far off from potentially being very good. And I think it's got some players in it that could make it very good in hindsight. Let's not forget Butch Jones's first year. First of all, his class, his first class at Tennessee, ranked 25th nationally. That's a class that had Cam Sutton, Jalen Reese Maben, Josh Dobbs, three guys that you don't, that you're not the favorite to win the SEC East in 2016 without those guys. So we may look back at this class in three years and say, Wow, it wasn't a highly ranked class, but it gave you some foundation pieces that are stars now. And oh, that, sure. There's and no it, question. And, it, and there were some other guys, Vereen, Brett Vereen, uh, yep. Kendrick, Wiseman, mm-hmm. yep. in that
2: class. So they, Josh I think they, Smith.
1: Yeah. Well, my last question before we move on to some of the staff stuff, staff stuff that we absolutely do need to discuss is the strengths and weaknesses of this class. What, what, what do we, and by we, I mean you, Ryan, what do we like about it, and what do we don't uh, get not answer. like about it? No, you can. I just... You know, if it's a, if it's a football team question, I'm going to go to you first. It's a recruiting question. That's I'm, fair. I'm going to go to Ryan first. I'm just I'm trying to be democratic here.
2: You're telling me to stay in my lane, Levar.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. I'll, what, what you have to like Do it. It.
2: Stay what in your Lane.
0: What you have to like is what they did on the line of scrimmage. They got six defensive linemen in a year where a lot of people probably looked at that situation and thought you probably don't need six defensive linemen. But this staff felt like they did, and not only that, he thought they could have signed more linemen. They want linemen. the beef. Um. The, don't forget, you're switching to a new defensive system. We have a small football team. Yeah, you have a small football team, in your head coach's opinion, and you have a lot of guys on the defensive line, frankly, that he probably doesn't see as great fits for what they're going to do. So that's that's the position maybe more more so than anywhere. Hey, but when
1: you coach in high school, sometimes you got that 175-pound nose tackle, like you said. you got you yeah. got to make it
0: work. Defensive line and linebacker are the two positions where I think you're going to see the most maybe turnover or the most guys from the previous staff who just don't have a great fit in this system. And and we'll see how many of those guys stick around, uh, how many of them still end up playing some sort of role out of necessity or what. But in the meantime, they're trying to turn over the roster there and get some guys who are frankly, just bigger um, that fit their needs. So it's
1: It's a good future uh, uh, podcast content for the off season is how many of these guys can you stand to run off? Because you're going to have to, to, to weed the, you know, thin the herd a little bit, but you also only have like 75, 76 scholarship players. So you have to be careful there.
2: I think they're actually over eighty right now. They are. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna break this down in the next couple of days on Go twenty four seven.
0: He's projecting. I think maybe a couple of medical yeah, losses and a, and a additional attrition That's, that could be announced. I think
2: the max when I was skimming it over was eighty three, but that is that is just, that is like the max. That's assuming that guys that were walk ons that got scholarships are gonna stay on scholarship. That's assuming that guys
0: that assuming Juwan Jennings is back probably.
2: Uh, yeah, I think he was a part of that. Chance Hall and Nathan Niehaus were part of that equation too and then uh, there's going to be attrition and we get asked that I think like one you know, two or three times a week what's the latest on transfer we're never going to speculate on who might leave um but I think yeah. it's I think it's organic to expect some
0: yeah and uh,
2: after spring and and closer towards the end of the semester
0: so so you like the defensive line class. I think on the offensive line, they would have liked to have one more. Ideally, they wanted five. Once, yeah. once you lose all those guys they lost last year. But to get the four they got, I think, was pretty good under the circumstances. There weren't – offensive line was maybe as thin as any position after the early signing period. There really weren't many highly ranked guys left. Uh, that's one of those positions, I think, where you have a lot of early commitments and just not a lot of those elite guys were still around, so they couldn't even take many big swings down the stretch for offensive linemen. So – kind of had a couple targets there, missed out on them, and and now we'll see if they dabble in the graduate transfer market uh, over the next few months. So I I think you like the line of scrimmages. The weakness, obviously, even though Jeremy Pruitt didn't really want to acknowledge it as a weakness on signing day, you've got to look at the cornerback situation and say you wish you could have gotten a little bit more there. I mean, Brandon Davis, a nice under-the-radar pickup for for depth, certainly could surprise some people out of the New Orleans area. Uh, Plays at a good school in John Curtis. Uh, So so that's maybe another good under-the-radar find. And then you've got a couple guys who could play cornerback or at least nickel in Trayvon Flowers and and Joseph Norwood. Uh, Flowers, potentially one of the steals of this class, and I I agree with Jeremy Pruitt on that, Um, a a guy who was – Ticketed to play baseball uh, at Kentucky, and now he's going to play both at Tennessee, he says, football and baseball.
1: Yeah, f- and, football first, but he'll play baseball. Yeah,
0: and after one year of uh, high school football, obviously impressed Tennessee and Clemson enough. And folks, he was a no question take at Clemson down the stretch. So this isn't just some guy that Clemson recruited and Tennessee just got him out of by default. Like they beat out Clemson to get him. Um, so a nice pickup late at, at, you know, nickel or safety, most likely, but Tennessee thinks he could even justify a look at corner, especially given their situation. Joseph Norwood, we'll see where he fits in, but he was a safety in high school. Probably gets a look at corner again because of their situation. So you would have liked at least another And Barton Simmons likes him. Yeah. And and you would have liked at least another pure cornerback in that class. You've at least got a couple options to play with. You've got some guys on the roster you may play with. Tyler Bird, it sounds like he's going to get a look in the secondary. Maybe someone else gets a look, you know, that was a, a safety last year that that slides down to corner this spring to to get a look there. So You've got some options to play with, but not anybody that you really feel great about to where you can say, yeah, we didn't really need another corner. I mean, I think they realistically needed at least one more. So that's what you don't love about it. But overall, they filled some needs in this class. We knew they'd come up short a couple spots, but um, mostly addressed every need in at least some form or fashion. Patrick, your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I, I, what I like about this class is, first of all, I like J.J. Peterson. I think he's yeah legit. I think he's a real deal. I think, they, uh, I think Alante Taylor is going to be a good player. I'm intrigued by some of these other guys. i like to see what Emerson's going to look like when he gets back healthy after his ankle injury. Uh, he is a man-sized dude. He's a big dude. I, I think Rump the other day, uh, last week, said that he saw, he saw Emerson walking in the complex and thought he was his uncle. He, <laughs> he does like have he, that look. He, he looks like he's got about a family, and three kids is what he said. <laughs> uh, and, and we were talking, I think we had a big, long conversation on our on our board about how big Emerson was, and they said he's up to 305. Yeah. Uh so he's he's gonna congratulations Emerson on you're gonna get to play defensive tackle even though you yep. may not want to. Um, you know, Carvin I think was a good pickup. I think he's a guy that, that's gonna maybe I don't think he's gonna start maybe necessarily, but I think he can he could be a guy that's in the rotation or or could provide some good depth. Uh Wood Anderson's a guy I think that they're gonna try to they don't have a lot of guys. Day one starter, I d I don't, I don't I mean. think they have a lot of tight ends like they want to have in the system other than maybe Latrell Bumpus yeah. on the roster. So I think he's a guy that could come in and play right away and did I mention Taylor yet? How I think, do you think Rump's, Rump's going to feel it.
1: about 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 uh, you know he might not be the only Rump you know because Bumpus could also be like I'm the Rump Shaker because his name is Bumpus. So no, that's a stretch. I don't I don't think so. I don't think so. I'll
0: tell you another guy that's not getting enough talk in this class: Jordan Allen, four-star outside yeah, linebacker. Story of the year. Story
1: of the year, maybe just an unbelievable kid. it well, and like
0: and you got to like the athleticism too because this is the guy that started off in college playing wide receiver and he's that kind of athlete and says you know what not only am I going to leave UC Davis and bail on this because I think I can get to a better school, but I'm going to change positions because someone told him, hey, I think you could be a really good pass rusher if you, he was already a pretty big wide receiver and said, hey, give defense a try, play outside linebacker uh, or defensive end and see what you can do. And in one year at the junior college level, proved himself enough that he ends up a four-star in the 24-7 sports composite. So that's that's the kind of athleticism you're talking about there, and I think that that upside combined with his drive, I mean, to take 31 credit hours in one semester is just crazy. Um, so I, I think you've got to like what you're getting there. In general, I wasn't going to point to a position so much and just adding this. I just like the under-the-radar guys in this class. I think they've got some guys that are really good evaluations. I think Jordan Allen's one of those, even though he's a four-star in the composite. I like Karat Garland as a nice flyer on the defensive line. Was
1: Jordan Allen the one that, that- – Pruitt at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning yeah. stumbled across his tape and uh, just,
0: like, ran around, like, guys, guys, you have to see this. You have was, to see That this. was Karat Garland.
1: That was Karat Garland. That,
0: okay. that, they found him and, and Jordan Young the same it's way, right? Same time. They were scanning the All-State teams in Georgia, and they're on the All-State team in Class 6A in Georgia. And uh, Garland, he's only 258, 260 pounds right now, but they think he could be – 290 or so in a couple years because he has that kind of frame. Reminded me of kind of the Kendall Vickers thought when I heard that. And Kendall um, Vickers was a late flyer in that first. Yeah. First butchunst thought, very was. late flyer. And that's not to say that Garland's just going to be a plugger on the defensive line the way Vickers kind of ended up being where he wasn't a, a big disruptive guy but just kind of filled some gaps there. I think Garland's really disruptive and has good hands, so you like that. Um, You know, I we'll see about Cedric Tillman. I'm not as familiar with him. He's a late flyer at receiver. Um, but I like Joseph Norwood. Uh, I like Karat Garland. I like Trayvon Flowers. Even John Mincy, a little bit underrated. And I de- and I definitely like Jordan Allen. So there's some guys in this class under the radar that I think will 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 define whether this is a good class or not. And if those guys, if they hit on even three or four of those guys, I think this will end up being a pretty good yeah, class. You can
2: make the case with, uh, maybe with Butch Jones' tenure, that the 2013 class maybe got the most back on, on the return on investment. I mean, when you look at the – Kendall Vickers was uh, in that class. Well, I mean, and, I, I say that. I mean, the 2014 class at Barnett. Yeah, he Barnett, did, he were, Malone, and heard all those guys uh, got some mileage. Okay, that was pretty dumb. <laughs> that <laughs> but, was pretty dumb to say on my part. But if you're Tennessee, you hired a guy that you hope is a football coach, and you, you hired a, a guy in Pruitt that brought a staff that you hope is going to develop guys and get more out of guys than the previous staff did, and they're going to have to do uh, this class, I think, and they're going to have to do that with this roster right away because I think this roster's uh not in great shape moving forward. Last thing before we get out of here, guys, we – we
1: obviously are gonna to have to spend a little bit of time discussing this because this has been quite the story the past couple of days.
2: Uh, maybe much not, weeping and gnashing of teeth. I yeah, sense.
1: maybe yeah. maybe maybe not a total shock, but still a surprise. and uh, we do need to discuss it. Robert Gillespie, Tennessee's uh, very popular uh, within the fan base running backs coach. Uh, this is a guy who has, I've been putting some guys in the NFL. He's he's seemed to have been a pretty decent recruiter and and he's really developed his guys really well at that position, had some good talents to work with, but he's gotten a lot of production out of them. He is out after shining day. After going to the national shining day celebrations even with the coaching staff uh, this is the, what kind of business it is Just, and
0: saying he was happy to be hired at Tennessee yeah. a second time basically
1: and he is out and apparently not happy that he is out according to Philip Fulmer who said that Gillespie did not like the fact that he was being removed but said he was a professional and he understood that this was a quote big boy business end quote and and that's that and Chris Winkie uh, is now in as Tennessee's running backs coach. I believe have we we've confirmed that right that Winky will be the running backs coach. and They're not going to yes, switch we, around
2: the staff. That's what we wrote. <laughs>
1: that's I'm just what we making sure. I'm making sure here. I'm making sure here. Yeah, because there, there was talk for a little bit there that it wasn't going to be then. Then it was, and so now good. That's we're all we're all square on this. So we do need Thanks to. Thanks for
2: reading my story, Wes.
1: You know what? A guy tries. Details. I Details. try. I try so hard to be nice. To all of you people. What do you mean, you people? I mean, what do you mean, you people, you people. So how do we feel about this, guys? How do we feel about Gillespie being out, Winky being in? I have my own opinion, but I will, uh, I I will cede the is a, floor to Patrick.
2: This is a team issue, right?
1: First. Clearly it goes to Pat first <laughs> and then and then we'll and then we'll go hey, from there.
2: I'm just trying to follow the 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 structure that you laid out.
1: Listen, we're being more organized on this podcast now, starting in the last five minutes, and I think that you should pay attention.
2: Well, uh, I think it's an interesting hire, and a lot of people are wondering how can a guy that's never coached running backs coach running backs. I don't I don't know that that's a big deal. Um, I think in, in Winky you're getting a guy that spent the last year at Alabama. They, I think Tennessee tried to bring him on board the staff in some capacity uh, a couple of months ago, and it just didn't work out at the time. Uh, but they kept that. Channel open. They kept that avenue open, just like they did with uh, Joe Osevet, who's coming down from uh, the ASA Community College up there in Brooklyn to be a he analyst. I could believe be
1: a reality TV show. I think with those two.
2: Well, I I, I was reading something yesterday on Osevet saying that uh, ASA was a, a candidate to be one of the Last Chance You other uh, the focuses of that. But um, I I don't know that that's a big deal. And, and Winky, you're getting a guy again that that worked at Alabama last year that. Worked at IMG down in Florida, which is pumping out a lot of guys.
1: Helped Tennessee win the national championship when he got hurt that one time.
2: Sure. Um, you're going to make a lot of people mad saying that, though.
1: I'm saying he helped Tennessee's cause. That's all I'm saying.
2: Oh, t- Tennessee would have beaten him anyway. They might have. We'll never they know. probably would have. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that's a big deal. There was some thought, and, and maybe we were discussing a little bit, too, amongst ourselves that you know, there was some flexibility on the staff because David Johnson, the wide receivers coach that they hired from Memphis, Yuck. coached running backs at Tulane. Yeah. Um, Yak Johnson, my bad. Uh Brian Niedermeyer's a guy that's coached receivers before, so they could have shifted some guys around, maybe uh brought Winky in to coach tight ends, you know. So but he, he's gonna coach running backs and I think this is a move that again they try to get him on staff, not necessarily in a full time position, but in some more some type of other position earlier, and uh now they're they're getting him on in the full time staff. I,
0: I'll say this. I I don't mind the fit of Winky as a running backs coach and I'll give you a couple of Tennessee specific reasons why I think people should be fine with this. I mean, How hard is it to coach running backs? Well, that's one thought. I mean, I, <laughs> I'm not going to oversimplify it the way some people have. I, I've heard of some, uh, Nashville radio personalities. Some people who've, have who've kind of downplayed it saying anybody can coach running backs. I'm not going to say it's that simple, but, um, no, I, I mean, this has been done before at Tennessee. Um, uh, Randy Sanders is a college quarterback and he coached running backs at Tennessee for, for a good chunk of his time in Knoxville. Um, about six years, including on the 1998 National Championship team. So that's an example. And then also in the more recent Tennessee history, Trooper Taylor was hired as a running backs coach at Tennessee when he had one year of college experience as a, as a running backs coach before that. And then he moved over to wide receivers a couple of years into his tenure at Tennessee. So that tells you what. If you're a good football coach and you understand the game, you can probably handle being a position coach, at least on the side of the ball where your expertise is. And In this case, Winky is a guy who... As a quarterback, I think clearly all the time he spent in the NFL, you would say he's a a student of the game or someone who understands the, the game. quarterback's coach in the NFL as well. Yeah, exactly, and someone who understands the game well enough that I think a lot of people see him as a likely as a future offensive coordinator somewhere uh, at some level, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's a future head coach. So if you have that kind of belief in a guy, why couldn't he coach running backs? And on top of that, if he's a good recruiter, and, and I think Jeremy Pruitt sees him as a guy who's going to be a good recruiter, why wouldn't you trust him to coach running backs a position where you, I think you need to have a good recruiter in that position on the staff. So if you believe in him, I've got no problem with the hire. And and I think clearly there were some things about the fit with Robert Gillespie that caused him to make the move. I think you could point to some results in some areas where maybe Jeremy Pruitt thought he could do better. Um, whether it's the the running backs he's inheriting, maybe looking at those and saying, Hey, these guys just aren't going to fit as well as what we would like to have, or, you know, not, not agreeing with some evaluations, you know, who knows what the ultimate reason was, but, Clearly they saw it as a as a fit issue and um I don't think it was part of Tensky's plan all along. You know, some people have asked about that. Did they just plan to keep him for a couple months and then get rid of him after signing day? I don't think that was the plan, and I don't think Robert Gillespie was under the impression that was the plan. But I know Gillespie didn't think yeah. that was the plan. So I think this was a situation that just kind of developed and I think you get a I mean, we we thought it was interesting, Patrick, that when they announced the staff contracts, Gillespie did not get an extension. I think that clearly shows you there was Maybe a bit of an evaluation process that Pruitt went through with those first couple months leading up to signing day, and that gave them a chance to decide, you know what, I think we need to go in another direction.
1: Yeah, the way that I've I've said this before, so I'll be really quick on this, but the way I look at running backs coaching is that it's kind of like marinara sauce. Anybody can do it, but... Only a few people can do it really, really, really well, like better than the others. Most running backs coaches, and I don't want to insult the importance of that position, but a lot of times you have one of your best recruiters at that position because your running backs, you know what they got to do. You know, they got to be tough. They got to not fumble. They got to hit the hole they're supposed to go to, pass protect, catch some passes. It's not reinventing the wheel. Uh, You can, if you've played quarterback like Winky has, if you've been offensive coach like he has, you can coach running backs. That's not even on my radar in terms of, is that a big deal? That part is not. uh, the, The question I have is just, you know, is making the clean break exactly what you want? Because Gillespie is a guy who, you know, for for better or for worse, the Tennessee fans really love the guy, and that was the one guy that Fulmer wanted them to keep. That was the one guy that the fan base wanted to be kept. So now that he's there, it looks like you're going to keep him. If now if the running backs don't perform, people are going to blame Pruitt for that, and you're you're kind of opening yourself up for uh, a PR loss there, possibly. Now I don't think Pruitt cares one bit about that, and that's what I kind of like nor, about him. Nor should he. Yeah, but he. <laughs> You know, the, the politics and the optics do matter at a place like this. Uh, unless you go in all the time, the optics really matter here. And I, I just I, – I think – I think it's his program, so he absolutely has the right to do whatever he, – he's hired to win football games. And if he thinks this is a move that helps him win more football games and makes his football program better, then he by all means should do that because if he wins or if he loses, hey, that that's his – that's his reputation it's him getting fired if they don't win so do it your way burger king this do it your way but you're gonna i i, I don't I, i'm not gonna say that i 100 percent understand this move but i don't really have a problem
2: with it either the best way to make yourself look good as a position coach is recruit dudes to make you look good as a position coach yes uh and a good example of this another guy going outside of tennessee is Dell mcgee at georgia who was Head coach at Columbus Carver High School down there. It was yep. crank, they cranked out SEC guys every year. Uh, he was an analyst at Auburn in, in 2013, and then was at Georgia Southern for two years. And then Georgia hired him. And you would say that he's now like one of the best assist, one of the best running back coaches in the country, right? Well, it's because he's got Sony Michelle, Nick Chubb, yeah. and DeAndre Swift. That helps. And so, um, and he, I think he's also been one of the top recruiters in the yep. country. Maybe in this class, too. I think everybody just works as a top recruiter in the country right now. I'm as much a, as a, the class that they brought in. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, again, if if you're – I think there's some risk involved, and I think a lot of people are maybe scratching their heads just on the surface of this, but you just got to let it play out. I think in this day and age, everyone's so quick to react to something without letting it play out, and this is a situation where I think sure. you, you, need, you need to let it play out and see I'll what g- happens.
0: I'll give people two reasons that I think you should like this. One, it's another guy at Alabama that Pruitt is – personally familiar with just like Brian Niedermeyer and this is a guy I think Pruitt being a former high school coach you know we the the move with Joe Osavat I think is another example of that when he just finds guys who are good football coaches or who he thinks are deserve a chance to prove themselves at a higher level he's not going to hesitate to give them that because I think he knows where he came from and and
1: he also added accent diversity to the program
0: right that too so uh, so I think he just saw somebody that he worked with at Alabama and said, this guy's going to get a chance someday. Uh, I've talked to people who think he's a future head coach. If you think he's that good and a rising star, why not take him for a couple years and, also, and get what you can out of him? I think
2: we've not, not mentioned, that wasn't
0: he in the mix to be Tennessee's quarterback's coach last year? He was. <laughs> and people forget that, I think, but he was. Um, on top of that, I think you like the fact that it's another offensive mind to throw into the mix on that side of the ball. We know Jeremy Pruitt's expertise is on the defensive side of the ball. You've got a first-time play caller, at least full-time play caller in Tyson Helton you've got some other guys on offense that are less experienced you know Brian Niedermeyer so i think throwing in another guy there that could help you you know you got to throw throw people in there who know football and know what they're doing and if you think winky's a good offensive mind having another guy like that in the in the room to to bounce ideas around i think that only helps and will
2: friends another guy i think he was he was the offensive coordinator at Colorado. Right. he didn't call the plays but again i'm sure yeah. he was pretty heavily so, involved in so
0: having a running, so all all having that. a few guys like that in the offensive room a couple guys to help tyson helton i think is a good thing
1: we could have talked about that a lot more, but we'll probably have more to talk about with it next week because we will have uh, – we'll start previewing spring practice because that's going to be, you know, the next thing that's happening. But Just around the corner now. Not, not too far away, guys. We will get to all that. We'll, we'll have recruiting stuff year-round. We'll see how this new staff does. With that, we'll be taking your questions. We'll have some interviews. we got all kinds of stuff lined up for the next few weeks and months, guys. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week. Patrick, any final thoughts? Nope.